Bible tells somebody, your blessing is going to look good on you. Now, here's the beautiful thing, though. You ain't got to hate on nobody. Because you got your own tailor-made blessing on the way. I thank God. I thank God he's bringing us into a season here at Heavenly Vision where there will be no room for hating because we'll be celebrating so much. I ain't even going to be mad. I ain't mad at nobody because every one of us is on the come up. If he not healing, he delivering. If he not delivering, he setting free. If he not setting free, he making a way. Come on. Blessings on blessings. Thank you, God. Blessings on blessings. Yeah. Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 20. Um, we want to start reading at verse 20, just for a clear understanding. We won't be, uh, we won't be exegeting all this passage, but... Uh, we just want to get a clear understanding of what this text uh, is saying to us. Amen? Amen. Amen. If there's somebody that you know that is usually here that's near you or face you, uh, usually see that you don't see this morning, take a moment and just pray blessing over them. Take a moment and just, just speak blessing over them. You don't, uh, you usually see them. They're not here today. Pray for them. There may be things and issues and circumstances that prohibited them from being here. Uh, So you want to pray for them, amen? All right. Matthew chapter 20. We want to start reading at the 20th verse. It reads as follows. Pages are silencing. Uh, We're on the Bible app, right? Amen. Amen. That's good. Okay. It says, then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came unto him with her sons kneeling before him. She asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? And she said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. And Jesus answered You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? And they said to him, we are able. And he said to them, you will drink my cup. But to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant. But it is for those of whom it has been prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. And Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even 
as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. For a few moments, we want to talk on the subject, serve others. Be a servant. Be a servant. Be a servant. Be a servant. Let's, let's, let's deal with the surrounding issues briefly. How many of y'all felt like the other 10 disciples when, uh, when James and John's mama came uh, and said, uh, I, I need my sons to sit right next to you in your kingdom. I know some of us were probably like, who do you think you are? Who do you think your sons are? But before we cast judgment on her, let's get some clarity. A seat at the king's table was not just a seat, but it was a designation. It was a designation of continuous, perpetual provision. So anyone who had a seat at the king's table, much like in the Old Testament, when David called Mephibosheth, uh, 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 who was uh, the son of Jonathan, to his table. When David called Mephibosheth to his table, and because he had a seat at the king's table... He never lacked food. He never lacked provision. So when this mother is saying, I want my sons to have a seat at your table, what she literally is saying is, I want to make sure that my sons are provided for. Doesn't seem so bad then, right? Because every one of us as parents, we want to make sure that our children have everything that they need, right? None of us are terrible parents. We, you know, as Jesus says, none of us, when our, when our children ask us for bread, would we give them a, skull, a stone or, or better yet a serpent or a scorpion? We wouldn't do that. No, we would feed our children. And so really it was an earnest plea in this mother's heart for her children, her sons to be provided for. But here's the issue. She wanted her children to be provided for according to their position and not according, watch this, to God's promise. And there are too many of us that are trying to seek position to get possessions. But if we actually get in the promise of God, built into the promise of God is every possession that we will ever need. And so let me, let me help you. If, if, we, if we're going to correct mama, we got to correct her and say, stop looking for position and start believing God for his promise. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a parenthetical note. It's not even in my notes, but I just need to lift that up to you. That, that you need to calm down on all this position seeking. Calm down on trying to get a seat in people's lives. Calm down on trying to get people to give you a label. Amen. Because here's the thing. Built into God's promise for your life is every position, is every provision that you are ever to have. Some of us right now, 
we wish we could take back the fact that we sat in this particular seat. Because the seat came with some stuff that we didn't see. See, you can't see everything under the seat when you sit on the seat. I'm moving. I can't hang here. The Bible says uh, that when, when the, the two men, uh, when they looked at Jesus, uh, when he asked them, if, can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink? They said, yes, yes, we can. <laughs> he said, well, y'all don't even know what y'all, what y'all just said yes to. When you study uh, church history, you would recognize that both of these sons were martyred much like Jesus. They both had to die a horrific death just like Jesus. So please be very careful of what you're sipping on. Be very careful of what cup you grab. Be very careful of who you drink after. Because whoever you drink after, you're responsible for the content of their glass. And some of us right now, we're in a season where we're dealing with stuff that was in a cup that wasn't even meant for us. But because we were nosy and kept on sipping, Now we got a bitter taste in our mouth. <laughs> we getting there. Uh, he understands that the other 10 disciples, because these two were in fact his disciples, they were part of the 12. The other 10, they got, they got mad. They, they got upset because uh, their mama had the nerve to come ask Jesus to give them a better position on the disciple board. They got mad because their mother asked Jesus for a better position for them. Might I submit to you that they, they all weren't mad simply because she asked. Some of them, if we be honest, they were mad because they didn't ask first. Some of them were upset because they didn't think of it sooner. You know that there, that there is a vying for position among the disciples because on a number of occasions, Jesus has to make this same statement. There are a number of times where they ask, we even looked at last week uh, in chapter 18, where, where they, they are always asking, well, who is the greatest? Is it Peter? Is it Bartholomew? Who is it? They all were looking for position because they were detached from their promise. I'm going to say this one more time before I get into the crux of this message. Be very careful that you stay in close proximity to the promise of God over your life. Because the moment you get away from the promise of God for your life, the moment you get away from the very thing that God has whispered in your ear, the, God, the thing that God has written on your spirit, the thing that God has called people to prophesy over you, the moment you get away from that, you will desire other folk stuff. But I'm going to say this one more time, one more warning before I get out of here. I just feel it heavy in the room, and so I just feel like I need to say this. Listen, if you ask for my blessing, you got to deal with my burden. 
and some of y'all ain't got enough back for my burden. You, you, you want some of this stuff, but if, if I put it on you for a day, so don't, 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 don't be mad at anybody else's blessing. Don't be mad at anybody else's blessing. Understand you have one with your name on it, right? Amen. And so, and so we, we're just going to leave it at that. We're not going to be mad at nobody. We're not going to try to take anybody's stuff. We are going to recognize that God has a place and a position for every one of us. He has provision. He has promise for every one of us. And so instead of me trying to seek stuff, I'm just going to seek him and receive my stuff. Notice here, there's never any scripture that says, go look for your blessing. There's, you're not going to read any scripture that says, hurry up and find the blessing. No, I, I read the scripture that tells us, and the blessing of the Lord shall overtake you. But this is, <clears throat> this is a derivative of us having pleasure in God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know the word, David. And all these things shall be added unto you. He didn't say you have to go find them. Can I, can I preach for a second? Anybody that make you go through a scavenger hunt for they love? I, I just, mm. Any blessing you got to go find? Listen, there's only one thing God told me to find, and that was a wife. Y'all talk to me in here, brothers. Talk to me. I, don't, I shouldn't have to go looking for the things that God has called for me to have. All I need to do is delight, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desire. Man, I wish I had some Bible readers in here. The desires of your heart. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, then you can ask. See, some of this stuff you ought to... Hmm. See, some of us, we're in trouble right now because we've been trying to do so much stuff with our hands. I hear God saying, you better start doing it with your mouth. I cried out unto the Lord, and he heard me. I, I, I declared unto the Lord, and he heard my cry. We... We must know that there is something set for us. And so Jesus, in order to settle the discussion, in order to settle the matter, he goes into a particular discourse and he deals with a particular subject, a particular word that, that, that amazes us as believers. And I believe we need to deal with it. Look at verse 20, 26. He says, it shall not be so among you. Now, we know what he's talking about. He's talking about how other people treat other people. Now, let me, okay. Thank you, Lord. Okay, we're going to go back for a minute. Look at verse 25. I'm just going to make this clear quickly. Verse 25, it says, Jesus called uh, them to him, and he said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them, and, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Let me deal with this quickly. Authority is not leadership. See, there are some people that have authority because of their position, but they're not true leaders. See, true leaders lead even if they don't have authority. Okay, all right. So David was a leader when he was in his daddy's field with the sheep. 
And it was his leadership capacity that led him ultimately to the palace and to rule as Israel's greatest king. So please don't think that because you got what you got, you have what you have, or you can do what you do, that you the boss. I know we're in this boss generation. Everybody want to be boss, but can I help somebody quickly? It ain't what you think. Let me talk to you. I've been a real boss for about 14 years now. And what real bosses do, real bosses get paid last. Real bosses stay the latest. Real bosses work the hardest. Real bosses make the most sacrifices. Real bosses make sure that everybody else has, even if they got to go without. Come on, you had, you had a real boss of a mama that many times y'all ate and y'all ate till y'all was full and you trying to figure out why mama didn't eat. It wasn't because she was full. She was lying to y'all. She didn't have no more food, but she wanted to make sure y'all was good. She was a boss. That daddy who looked like he was halfway dead but still had enough time to put you on his knee and say, how was your day? And while you talking to him, he... That's a boss. He says, it shall not be this way with you. Can I help you quickly? Believers, do not treat your family, friends, loved ones, and even the people that you engage in life with, whether it be through education or vocation, do not treat them like the rest of the culture treats them. You may have a secular job, but notice this. You are still to be a believer. You are still to be a kingdom man, a kingdom woman, even at that secular job. Amen. I just preached to somebody. You need to let God's kingdom come in that classroom. If you, watch this, if you got to be somebody else at, at work, you go into the wrong job. If you got to be somebody else at school, you are in the wrong class. Okay. All right. Now, 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 now we can go to 26. He said, it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Everybody shout servant. Servant. Now, he says, if you want to be great, let me be great. If you want to be great, you have to be a servant. Now, this word servant, we're going to have just just a 30-second Greek lesson. You ready? You ready? Okay. Everybody say diakonos. Diakonos. Oh, come on. Go ahead. One more time. Say diakonos. This literally means a servant. This means, watch this. This is the Greek term for servant. One who is eager to render service for the benefit it brings to others. This is different than a worker or an employee. Because I, I know I got a few workers and employees in the room that you don't go to that job because you love them people. <laughs> you don't go because you're just like, I mean, I just want to help somebody. No, you like, run me my check. <laughs> you want to trust your allegiance? Let them start saying, oh, you know, we can't pay you. You'd be like, well, uh. But the diakonos is one who is eager to render service for the benefit it brings to others. You would recognize this word because this is the same word that the apostle Peter and the other apostles declare uh, in the book of Acts 
in the chapter 6, as a matter of fact, when they were overwritten with the work of the people. See, the apostles, they were there to give leadership and architecture. They were there, especially in that season, to literally build the church because this was something that had never been known before. They, they were literally architects. But people were expecting them to be janitors. Uh, it's not to say that they were not to care for and help people, but they had so much work to do in their architecture that the, if, watch this, if the architects spent too much time seeing to the needs of the people, doing maintenance and doing cleanup, the structure would go lacking. And so the apostle Peter and the other disciples, they say, okay, you know what? We need, we need some, we need some mm, diakonos. Well, we get our English term deacon, which simply means a servant of the people. But notice this, before they become apostles, before they become presbyters, before they become elders and bishops. He says, if y'all going to be great, you all need to be diakonos. And so contrary to popular belief, even in the black and, and, and in, the, in the white and in, and in the, any other church, contrary to popular belief, uh, a deacon is not just a few brothers on a board. But every one of us, at some point in time, or at least in action and in theory, we should be deacons. We should be diakonos. We should be servants. Jesus says, if you're going to be great, if you're going to be great, you have to be a diakonos. That means you have to be willing to serve for the benefit of others. Man, I wish I could hang here all day. Listen, how many times have you had people do stuff for you just so that they can say they did it for you? Not for your benefit. They was really building their resume. And let me just help somebody real quick. Any, anything you do for somebody in order to enrich yourself, there is no blessing in that. You got your reward already. You might as well pat your own self on the back and go on and get your ice cream cone because that's about it. But when we get to the place where we say, you know what, I love God and I love people. And to that degree, man, I want to I wanna do this. Why? Because, because I know it's going to bless you. Because I know it's going to benefit you. I want to lift up a few examples before we get out of here of this concept because there are a lot of great people in the Bible. But everybody who's great in the Bible... They had great help. Can I help you? You're not going to be great unless you give or unless you have rather great help. And you're not going to ever reach greatness unless you become a great help to somebody else. Okay, let me say that one more time. You will never achieve true greatness unless you receive great help. I know, I know you want to make it look like you arrived here all by yourself. You birthed yourself. You fed yourself. You clothed yourself. You matured yourself. You got to recognize if you're going to be great, you need great help. And not only do you need great help, but if you want to be great, you're going to have to be a great help to somebody else. 
What does it mean to be a great help to somebody else? You are a great help to somebody else when, watch this, you inconvenience yourself without the thought, here it is, of reimbursement. I would feed the world too if I know somebody's going to give me a check and pay me back. I, would, I wouldn't mind going, and going to the mission field if I knew somebody was going to pay me for it. I wouldn't mind standing up, staying up all night and, and, and doing homework with this person if I knew that they was going to pay me tutoring fees. Let me help somebody. You're not doing the kingdom or anybody any favor for doing what you're paid to do. That's not diakonos. The diakonos is when you say, I'm going to do it because I know it needs to be done. I'm not looking for recompense. I'm not looking for reimbursement. I'm not looking for accolades. I'm not looking for my name to be at the bottom of the program and they give me a slot to make remarks at the end of the service. Come on, church, y'all, y'all, come on. You know, everybody, everybody, everybody look forward to that. Come on, that annual day, you know, let's, 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 let's give it up for sister so-and-so. Amen, amen. Then she walk all slow like she didn't know it was her time. First giving honor to God, who's the head of my life. You know, I'm just a willing servant of the Lord. Amen, amen. I made the cake. I did the banner. I printed the, the programs. Amen. You know, it was just a few of us, but we made it happen, you know. I did it out my check, and I told pastor, don't give me no money, you know, because I'm just, you know, I'm just, the Lord is going to bless me. I just want y'all to know that even though I didn't get no sleep, and even though my babies was down here every night, you know, I just want you to know. Come on, y'all, all, y'all heard that speech before. All of y'all didn't check out on one of them speeches. If you're going to be a diakonos, you have to be eager about it. I'm moving. If, you, if, 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 if we got to beg you to serve, peep this. Don't serve. No, you stay unblessed. Stay unfulfilled. Stay without purpose being manifested. It denotes an eagerness, a willingness to serve. Well, I don't know. Ain't nobody ask me, you know. I'm just, you know, I'm, I, well, what were you waiting for? Well, you know, I was just waiting. You know, I didn't want to step on nobody's toes, you know. I just didn't, you know, I, 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 was, just, I was just waiting, you know, because, I mean, I could help, but, you know, I just, I didn't want to, you know. The diakonos is one who is eager to serve. The diakonos, all they need, watch this, is an is a image of need and lack. Mary Magdalene, when she comes into the house of, of Peter's mother-in-law and she looks at the feet of Jesus and, and they're, they're, they're tattered and, and they're dirty and they're disgusted. She goes into her trove. She breaks her alabaster box. She pours it on the feet of Jesus and, and, and she couldn't find a towel so she untook that scrunchie off her hair and she and she began to wash it with her feet and when it began to dry up she allowed the tears to fall from her eyes to finish the job. 
and the disciples who had yet to become diakonos. Girl, don't you know what we could have did with that money? Who do you think you are? Notice what Jesus says. Jesus says, wait a minute. Uh, I've been sitting here for about an hour. And y'all ain't touched my feet. You know I need a pedicure. <laughs> y'all better back up off her. She's been doing her job. She's doing a good work. She's serving when all of y'all was looking for excuses not to serve. When we look at the life of, let's say, somebody like the Apostle Paul, when we look at his life, we can all say that he was a great apostle, right? Great apostle. Great apostle. But you got to understand, his greatness was not without the diakonos. It was not without men who said, I see what God is doing in his life, and I'm going to do it. Or, matter of fact, I hear God, and I'm just going to do what God tells me to do. Let's press. Here it is. There are three concepts that I'm going to lift up to you that will exemplify the diakonos. You ready? Three things I want to give you. We want to talk about it quickly and get out of here. The number one, the first thing is agency. Agency. Everybody say Agency. We know what an agent is, right? An agent is someone who represents another, who, who, who brokers a deal, who takes care of something on, and works on behalf of another person. The apostle Paul needed an agent. And God sent him an agent in the name of a man named Ananias. Now I know you're like, who is, who, Anna, who? Ananias. Now, Ananias was a disciple at Damascus. He was very much a diakonos for Paul. Can I show you something? Go to Acts chapter 9 quickly. Go to Acts chapter 9. Now, we know the story. The apostle Paul, he, uh, uh, he, he's on his way to Damascus. Well, he's Saul at that point in time. He's on his way to Damascus. He's going to persecute the Christians. He's going to arrest them. And he has a vision of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he knocks him off his beast. And he says, Paul, why are you persecuting my people? He, he gets converted right there. When he goes to Damascus, the Bible says that the men that were with him, they had to lead him because he was blind from that moment. He goes into Damascus and he sits in a dark room for three days. He does not eat. He just sits in depression, in darkness, because his whole life has changed. Can I help somebody here? The season of depression that some of you have been feeling is not a season of depression because your life is over. It's a season of depression because the life that you once had has now come to an end. And God is getting ready to awaken you to a whole new life. So you can be depressed because, yeah, all that life that you used to live, that life is over. But it's because a new life is getting ready to resurrect. Look at verse, look at verse, uh, verse 11 of chapter 9 of the, of the book of Acts. He says, and the Lord said to him. Matter of fact, look at verse 10. He says, now there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarshish named Saul. For behold, he is praying. 
And he has seen a vision, a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, uh, I heard many men say that he was evil and, he has, and that he's done evil to the saints at Jerusalem. Look at what he says. He says, and I heard that he's even here and has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry out my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed. And entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be full of the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized and taking food, he was strengthened. Ananias was a diakonos for Paul. All the letters that Paul wrote, all the churches that he built, none of that would have ever happened if Ananias didn't humble himself and go pray for somebody he couldn't stand. Ooh, go pray for somebody that meant to do him harm. You know you in the will of God. When you start serving folk that used to put their mouth on you. When you start blessing people that at a moment's notice would have did you dirty. But now you've become an agent of blessing. Oh, yeah. This, this is more than just opening the church doors. This is more than just raising an offering. We're going to be real diaconos in here, y'all. We're going to really learn how to be an agent for people. And I noticed this. It was because of the disciples. Watch this. Now, we don't hear about Ananias everywhere. But if Ananias didn't disciple Paul, if Ananias didn't pray for Paul, if Ananias didn't baptize Paul, where would the church be? Understand that there are great people in your path. And here, okay, deal with this. There will be some people that you help that will become bigger than you. Don't get salty when you put them on a stage that you're not allowed to go on. Don't get salty that you help them get into a car that you can never drive. Don't get mad that you help them get to a house that you'll never be able to live in. Because there is agency among you. But not only must we be agents, here's the second thing, we're moving forward. We also must be assistants. We also must give assistance. Now, I know everybody want to be the boss. <laughs> nobody want to be the secretary. No, no, nobody want to be the one with the little cubicle outside the big office. But if you look in Colossians chapter 1, verse 7, there was a guy named Epaphras. Who? <laughs> Epaph, who? Epaphras. Look at, look at what, what Paul says to the Colossi church. 
He says, just as you have learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow and bondservant who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf. Said he was a diakonos. Listen, there will come times where you will have to just faithfully serve. Every position is not a position that has upward mobility. There are, and I've seen this in the, in the, historically in the, in the African-American church, the, the deacon board was like the interim for, 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 for pastoral ministry. It's like you couldn't be a preacher until you were a deacon. You got to go to the deacon board and then you can graduate from the deacon board to the minister staff. And, and if you're really good, you might one day be a pastor. No, but some of us, God has called us just to be a servant. Epaphras, he never became an apostle. He never became a, a, a bishop. He was just a faithful servant. And I wish there were a few of us in the house of God that says, wherever God places me, I'm going to just be faithful right there. God, if you never send me anywhere else, I know I'm going to get scattered claps because everybody's trying to be on the come up. But I, I believe there are a few people in here that says, God, whatever you call me to do, wherever you call me to go, I'll stay right there. And if they never call my name, and if I never get on the stage, and if I never get a claim, God, just to know that I did your will, just to know that I served your people, just to know that there was nobody hungry around me because I fed them, just to know that there was nobody naked around me because I clothed them, just to know that there was nobody homeless because I gave every one of them shelter. That's enough for me. I'm a diakonos. But but I I conclude with with one more thing. One more person. Uh, We have to do agency. We We have to broker for sometimes people we have to speak up for. Yeah, sometimes there are people that we, that, that, we, that we have to broker the deal for. Some of us, some, of us, some people will get, the, will get the job just because we made the phone call. Mm-hmm. Some people will be able to go to the next level not because they were ready, but because we were helping them get there. But then some of us, we will have to just be servants. We will just have to assist, just assist. But then finally, the last thing that the diakonos does, the diakonos Engages in administration. 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 Every one of us at some point in time in our life, I believe if God be God, we are going to have to administrate. Now, the administration, it is not, watch this, it is not the executive position. The executive position is the one that says which way. But the administrative position is the one that makes sure it goes in the way. See, I love, <laughs> I, 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 there are times I love being the senior pastor. Bishop. I love it all the time. I ain't going to lie. I love it all the time. But I especially love it when I can sit at a table of men and women and I can say, this is what thus saith the Lord. And then sit back and watch it manifest. Because I understand that to a certain degree, I'm an architect, I am an executive. But nothing will happen if there are not administrators. 
that will make sure that every plan that has been declared comes to pass. Y'all help me. I've been, I've, been, I've been working with my wife for some time now because there'll be seasons in time where she'll sit down and talk to me and she'll be like, oh, you know, and, and I, I'll, I'll have the vision, I'll cast the vision. And she'll say, well, babe, I think you should, you know, so let's, let's do this and this and we'll start here, we'll start there and then maybe you should do this, do that. And I'll look back at her and I'll smile. And she'll be like, what? I'll be like, because that's not me. That's you. You're an administrator. You administrate. See, some of you, it'll take you all day to try to figure out what to do. But when you get the what, you got a journal full of how. You got a, you got a, you got a book full of systems. You, you, have, you, have, you have all type of ways and means to make it happen. One more guy we want to talk about, Titus. 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 Look at Titus chapter 1. It's the last scripture I'm going to ask you to read today. Look at verse 4 and 5. I, 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 I just wanted to make sure that we got this out, amen, because I want us to be good. Listen with Paul. This is all Paul, all Paul. And see, y'all thought he was just a super great apostle. This brother had a staff. He had help. He had diakonos. To Titus, my true child, in a common faith, grace and peace from God our Father and Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior. Listen, this is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. Titus was not the apostle, but because, now notice what, notice what Paul calls him. He calls him a child. Here it is. The reason why he calls him a child, because he is a product of what God put in him. Here it is. You, you, you become my children in the faith if, watch this, if what God put in me, it is birthed in you. If what I preach and teach manifests through your life, then you become my children in the faith. If you say, you know what, I, I was doing this, I was doing that, but man, when I got to heavenly vision, man, when I got under some good teaching, when I got under, when I got under James, and, and, he, and, and so watch this. This, this, is, this, is where, this is where spiritual parenting comes in. It's, 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 not, it's not just about uh, 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 calling titles, but it is, it is to say that if what they have is birthed in me, I am a descendant. I have a legacy. And then when I take it on, watch this. Paul says, I can't build all these churches. I can't, I can't do all this by myself, but I left Titus in Crete to put things in order, to orchestrate, to administrate. Let me help somebody. Huh. Many times we get mad at the people that are closest to the senior leaders. We get mad at them. And we like, no, 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 no. Well, what, what did, here, this is my favorite one. Well, what did Bishop say? <laughs> what did the boss say? Come on, those of you who were the oldest sibling, y'all talk to me for a second. And you had to administrate on behalf of your parents. Uh-uh, you not my mama. Mama working a double shift. And she told me, 
to make sure y'all ate and got in the bed. Don't be mad at me. I'm just administrating the instructions. Oh, come on. Somebody talk to me. And, and, and there are people right now that can't stand you but would not be able to be who they are and do what they do if you did not administrate the word. Oh, my God. I, and so here it is. If you see people that are connected to the senior leader, you see people that are following the senior leader and they begin to execute the words of the senior leader, y'all better pray for them. Y'all better live, love them because if anybody, watch this, if anybody loves their bishop, if anybody loves their pastor and you just thank God that I'm able to get up here and give revelation or when I pray for you, I'm able to prophesy into your life with precision, you better thank God that there's some other people that's taking my words and making it happen so I ain't got to preach and put the stuff on the screen and then set up the stuff and then do this and then do this and then do that and when it come to you I'm like I, 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 don't, I don't know what did God say I don't know I've been working too hard this is why the Bible says esteem those that serve among you you honor them because they loosen the hands of the executor so that they can operate according to God's will some of you are agents some of you are assistants some of you are administrators and some of you are all of them What I pray for as we close this message is that a divine release comes upon you and you with boldness, clarity, and humility. Be who God called you to be. Serve. Here it is. You're not going to get in nobody's way because here's something I've learned. When real servants serve, other folks sit down. Oh, y'all don't believe me? Go to a four-star restaurant. You're not going to say, oh, no, I got it. Let me, let me do it. No, 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 I got it. Right, let, me, let me get this. No, because you know that they are professionally trained to serve. And as they do their job, watch this. As they do their job, you, you are immersed in an experience because they are serving you right. I would submit to you that there are blessings that other people have yet to receive because you have not served them. I would submit to you that, that all of y'all got some Pauls in your life that's still cold, blind, and hungry because you can't get over yourself enough to go pray for them because you can't get over yourself to go and help them. Some of you, there, there are people in your life right now that are struggling and cannot make it because they don't have your assistance. Some of us, we got husbands that are literally dying because we're telling, we're telling him, be a man, take care of the house, do this and do that. And while he may have been taught how to be an executor, he was never taught how to administrate a home. Oh, I feel this in my spirit. Wives. You are an administrator. This is why God set it up to where the man held the seed, but he would place the seed in the woman. This is why, can I I, I say it? This is why you have administration. Because God trusts you with systems that he never put into a man. There are systems in you 
that can accommodate life. Men sow life. Women produce life. And so some of you are mad at him for not producing when he was never called to produce. He was only called to plant. Oh my God, set free. Some of you are in, you're you're in businesses, you're in relationships, and you're trying to figure out why is it not coming to pass. For some of you, it's because you have not picked up your task. You feel like because you're not the boss, you shouldn't have to do everything. You feel like because you're not them and you're, you are a diakonos. And so whether that calls for your agency, whether that calls for your assistance, or whether that calls for your administration, you got work to do. And so I pray that this is a very active week for us. No more lazy diakonos. Amen? Amen. Did you hear from the Lord? Father, I pray for this your son, this your daughter. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would liberate them from every thought process, every mindset that would cause them not to serve eagerly and with the care of others in mind. Father God, increase our agency for others. Increase our assistance for others. Increase our administration of the things of others. Father God, let us know that even though we didn't conceive it, we can administrate it. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would make us all diakonos, that we would all have eyes, hearts, minds to look to serve each other, one another, on a consistent, on a great basis. And so we declare these things to be done, and it is so, in Jesus' name.